listen, man. If you don't shoot, you won't kill it. Look here, Tom. It's like this. Bill, we fucked up. Fucked up bad. Tell me something encouraging. Say you're not supposed to leave elk to find elk. And could that not be any more true in this situation? This podcast is brought to you by Right to Bear. Located in Alpine, California, hit up Trent and Andrew for all your equipment, ammo, and firearm needs. Guys at Right to Bear are the best that San Diego has to offer and can line you up for success at the range or smashing that buck of a lifetime. Alrighty, guys. Thanks for tuning in to another episode with me. Uh, today, kind of cool deal for me. Pretty excited, to be honest with you guys. Um, this has been, for me, probably knowing of what's going on right now, currently about six months. And um, when I first found out about it, it was supposed to be kind of quiet because it wasn't like a sure thing yet. And then um, it, the rumor mill started working, and I started talking to people, and I found out it was a real deal. So I'm super pumped. It's it's a local archery shop that's opening up in Temecula, California. Um, it is Brett Scott from Willow Creek Archery out of Escondido. He is shutting down his shop in Escondido, and he's moving to Temecula, which is super cool for me because it's a range, an indoor range, to shoot after work, little competitive um, I don't even know, edge, I would say maybe to get in here with shoot with good shooters and, and, uh, be able to have a local shop with me and get everything that I need from up here and play with your carbon crusher. Yeah. <laughs> and play with the carbon crusher, <laughs> the carbon killer. Okay. Yeah. 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 But listen up guys, here it is. Brett, give us the rundown, man. Tell us a little who you are. Hi, my name is Brett Scott. I own Willow Creek now. Um, I bought it about six years ago. I've been into archery for probably about 38 years and uh, started off, my boss asked me to go bow fishing, so I bought a bow set up and shot about 100 times that day and hit one fish, but just fell in love with it. Been shooting ever since. I liked it so much. I actually went and bought a whole setup for my buddy, just had somebody to go shoot with. So I kind of really got into it, and I'm left-handed, so I came down, a lot of my customers at the time I was in sheet metal were down in San Diego, so I would stop by uh, Jim's shop when he owned Willow Creek because he was left-handed. Mm-hmm. He always had parts, so I didn't right. have to order to wait for it. Mm-hmm. So knew Jim for probably 20 years, and uh, it kind of worked out pretty good. I was kind of getting burned out in the sheet metal industry after about 32, 33 years mm-hmm. of that. They kind of changed the company around a little bit, and I stopped by uh, the shop to say hi to Jim. I was seeing some customers, and he said, hey, you want to buy the shop? Uh I said, you're retired? He says, yeah, and I want somebody I know to buy it. And I said, well, let me think about it. I thought about buying another shop previously, and the wife, nah, don't do it. You know, you don't need an archery shop. You just stick with your sheet metal. But now I was, like, done with sheet metal. Right. And she saw the other shop kind of took off, and she's like, hey, yeah, buy it, buy it, buy it. Right. I said, well, wait, 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 let's check it out, make sure things mm. look it looked good. So took the jump and uh, bought the shop and um, kind of started building it up down, down there in Escondido. And uh, it just kind of grew, like, in leaps and bounds. I've had it for six years now. And I probably outgrew it within three to four years. Like the actual shop space? Yeah, the shop space. And, I mean, I just was bringing more things in, more things that people wanted. And I just really didn't have a way to display them. I mean, when I finally moved the other day, I still can't believe 
what I have here in the new shop mm-hmm. that came from my little shop. Right. But that was the problem. There was stuff upstairs that people didn't even see. Right. It, and things were displayed so tight, it your eye didn't see it. You right. walked you right by it. it. Right. Yeah. So it just wasn't it. displayed right. Mm-hmm. So after about five years, decided, you know, maybe it's time to look around and see. Let's just, you know, for fun, see what's out there, what we can do. And so that's kind of how it all started. Um, started looking around and everybody's talking about Temecula and I'd mm-hmm. say 70% of our clients right now are from this area, from Menifee, Wildemar, mm-hmm. Temecula, Fallbrook, all this area, Pendleton. So I thought it might work pretty good. So we looked into a little more, started looking at buildings and finally found a building that was about the right price. And it was uh 6,000 square foot. So it's mm-hmm. three times the size of the other shop. It shows. Yeah. <laughs> so then, uh, then it actually the nightmare started because we leased the building last July and we thought, yeah, three, four months, man, we're going to be open. We're going to be running mm-hmm. making money and everything's going to be great. So we got the lease, demoed the building, got ready to go. And the city says, well, you have to have an architect turn into drawings. You can't do it yourself. Right. So the problem with that is I didn't know any architects. So I kind of looked around, found one and lucky me picked the worst one in San Diego County. <laughs> <laughs> and the guy ended up taking nine and a half months to turn in a drawing the city would accept. Right. Uh, so I could get my permit. So we've been fighting with them. Literally, I've been screaming at the guy. And I, I got legal actions going against them now because it just got so bad. But finally, after almost a year, got the permit, got everything signed off the other, just a couple of days ago, actually, from, you know, this, from planning and fire. So everything's good now. Um, it just took forever, but yeah. now we're excited about getting it going. So mm-hmm. we shut down the other one a week ago, and we're going to have our <laughs> – I thought a week would be no problem moving. Yeah. What a mistake. I <laughs> should have given myself two or three weeks, but I just couldn't afford to be down that long. Right. But uh, we moved everything. Luckily, I have a great group of friends, and everybody jumped in. We had I rented a U-Haul, and we had guys make two trips there. Guys brought their trailers and trucks. We moved everything – like 99% of the shop in mm-hmm. one day. Right. And then I had a whole bunch of friends here helping. We were putting things away, building stuff. And we already had the shop kind of set up, built, everything ready to go. So that's why I thought it'd be so easy just to, mm-hmm. I'll just put things on display and we're done. Yeah. Well, when you have about five or 600 boxes, <laughs> it's a little bit of work. Yeah. So I've been working like 16, 18 hour days for the, since Sunday, trying to get this together for, mm-hmm. for this week. So it's nonstop, it'll be fun. I think everybody's going to really enjoy the shop. Um, cause like I said, 6,000 square foot. So the shop has 13 lanes. So we have a little wider space. It's still 20 yards. Mm-hmm. The retail is like three times the size of what we used to have. So now we actually have everything spread out. You'll see what right. we have. Plus we picked up a couple of new things. I picked up Matthews by coming to Riverside. So nobody could tell me I couldn't have it when which I was is in like, San Diego. Which is like the craziest thing yeah. to me. When you look at like square mileage, right. Of San Diego County. Yeah. There's only one dealer. Yeah. It's a little well, I told you, I sent him a letter. I sent a letter to Matthews and said, Hey, from Riverside to the Mexican border, there's one dealership. Right. But from Riverside to Santa Cruz, there's like nine. Exactly. So why can't I? And he said, well, you know why? So, it's kind of good and bad, I mean, because it's kind of nice once you get a relationship like that with a vendor that they'll help protect you like that yeah, and not let somebody come in and step and take some of your business. So that's, it's kind of cool. And so by me moving down here, it spread us out. So you got Bruce over in Lakeside and mm-hmm. Bob down in Miramar, me up in Temecula, and then up in Riverside. So we're right. spread out enough. 
that we all have our group of customers without really taking anything from the other guy. Correct. So it works out really, really well that way. Yeah. I mean, it, it's no secret on, on the podcast. I have been supported by and support Bruce at the Bow and Arrow Shop down in Lakeside, California, right? I mean, this is no secret. It's, a, right. it's good boys, like good buddies with the guy, yeah. right? Super cool. It is in such a way, it, people might go, well, that's a little weird that you're up there. No, it's not like that, man. I'm 75 freaking miles from Bruce. You know what I mean? It's not like we're advertising to pull business from Bruce. You know what I mean? Right. Like, well, that's how I used to, that's how I went to Willow Creek. I lived in Riverside, so right. I'd drive 70 miles to go get my stuff. Yeah. Go right past Riverside, but mm -hmm. just because I had that, like I said, I had the relationship going. So. Yeah. And, you know, you for, like you said, the 70% of your customers in Escondido. Yeah. Um would come from Temecula, there's a market up here. Yeah. You capitalized on it. Yeah, there's there, a big market. Yeah, and you're going to capitalize on it, you know? So it's, it's a sweet move, dude. Yeah, that's the plan. We're really excited. Can't wait. You know, we offer really good customer service, and now we have a complete bow lineup. You know, like I said, we have Matthews, Hoyt, PSE, Bowtech, Prime, Bear. Well, right. Pretty much covered. I don't want any more. Right. <laughs> that's yeah. enough to keep me busy. That is. Your, your bow rack is uh, quite extensive. Yeah, we went from, I think we had 47 bows on the wall, now we have 100. Yeah, I mean, it shows. Yeah. You walk in and it's on the right side, bam, there it is. Yeah. <laughs> Whoa. Yeah. And like I said, that was the dream, is just be mm -hmm. able to actually show what you have and let everybody see it and buy it. Right. You know, instead of, like, missing it. Because I know I was missing out on a lot before. Right. You know, sometimes I'd say, hey, you might need this, or have you seen one of these? You know, oh, I didn't even know you had that. Mm -hmm. I mean, that kind of goes back to our advertising. When I first took over Willow Creek, People would come in, oh, I've lived in Escondido my whole life. I didn't know there was an archery shop here. I'm like, well, yeah. You're kidding me. It's crazy, huh? Yeah. So, I mean, I wrapped my truck that first year and drove all over, you know, with the Willow Creek wrap truck and advertised, went to all the shoots down mm -hmm. here. And now everybody kind of knows who Willow Creek is. Yeah. So that helped a lot. Well, believe me, they do because I get hit up. I was telling you when I got in here, a ton of guys have already been hitting me up. Hey, the Temecula shop open up yet? Yeah. It's like, <laughs> oh, no, not yet, man. Give it, give it Saturday. You know, yeah. it's like, so the, the word about your shop is uh, definitely spreading. It's no joke about your shop. It's um, well, that's good. I mean, yeah, it is. Our phone was ringing off the hook, and I apologize for everybody's probably been trying to call a week. I'm transferring the line so I could get the same number, mm -hmm. and so they shut down one. Then I got to wait for the next one to start up on right. Friday. So we're keeping the same number, same email. Only thing changed was the address, so right. that kind of helped out a little bit yeah, too. Yeah, that helps out quite a bit. You know, the um, the fact that not changing it up at all, but the fact that you're so customer service based and you're so friendly breeds a happy archery shop. So like when I first moved to Temecula, I didn't know anyone. I met a guy named Johnny actually worked at my yard and I actually went into faith. They had like a little bow shop and a range. Like, yeah. a, I don't know. I think it had like a eight or nine lane range, 20 yards. Right. And I didn't know anyone. I went in, there were some dudes in there that were super cool and I just hit it off with them and I shit you not, it became the hangout. It was like my old lady was like, get the fuck out of that archery <laughs> shop. You know, she would call me like, where are you at? I'm like, I'm shooting my bow. She's like, you get home now. <laughs> you know what I mean? Because yeah. I was there so much, you know, just it's how you get proficient. I mean, think about it. Like, here you go. You got a 20-yard 20, a 20 indoor range here for the guys that live local, right? If they get along, which I'm sure they will, you're going to be in here as much as you can shooting league if you have an animal league or they, they just like coming down and hanging out, right? You're yeah, we get, run leagues all the time. Yeah. So one after another you, constantly. You become such a proficient shooter when you shoot all the time. Because I shoot my bow, well, prior to my injury I got going on right now, but I was shooting my bow all the time, even at my house. But when you have a shop to go to and you have fun, 
like more fun than you normally would. Yeah. And you're shooting with dudes that are better than you or gals or whoever, whoever you're shooting with, you become a better archer and having a shop like this locally for me, just like fucking <laughs> light bulb. You know what I mean? Yeah. It's super no, we're cool. We're used to the wives calling up. Hey, I need to talk to Joe. I know he's there. Just let me talk to just him. Just let me talk to him. <laughs> you know, I mean, it's, it's a real thing, you know? Yeah. And, and the fact that, you know, this environment here is, is a friendly environment. And, and you'd even said, you know, you got three or four stools at the front desk for yeah. talking shit, you know? Yeah, no, that's why I put that counter there. Yeah. So I got customers like to hang out mm -hmm. and they say they're coming to shoot. And sometimes they shoot five arrows and they stay up front and talk the whole time, which yeah. is fine. So now we got a really nice little counter up there with four bar stools and mm -hmm. so they can hang out all day if they want. I don't care. Dude, it's cool, man. It's all about camaraderie. Yeah. And, and that's when you know you're a success, right? Like when people want to hang out yeah. and they want to have a camaraderie and and you got a core group of guys that were clearly um visiting your shop on a regular basis you expanded you know three or four fold in a couple years right which yeah. prompted you to move i i think it's a recipe for success dude that's what we're hoping for, and it looks like it's going that way. Yeah. We're even turning away people now. I know you're closed. I don't just want to look around. Like, no, dude, I got it set up. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's a, that's a good stuff. Yeah. So, like, you know, give us a little bit of, like, uh, why you chose Temecula. Is it just because your your base customers were out of here? or Because yeah. it's not like you don't live in Temecula, man. No, I live in Riverside. Yeah, so, so I was were, commuting all the way to Escondido. Exactly. Yeah, I got a brand new truck in a year, a little over a year. It's got like 50,000 miles on it. Mm -hmm. um, well, I, I had to move farther away from the shop down south so I could get Matthews. Right. That was kind of the key thing because the whole thing was, wasn't worth moving unless I was going to pick up Matthews because mm -hmm. Matthews is such a big dealership. And I knew I was going to get a lot of sales there. So I looked at the radius that they told me I had to go to to make it work. And I'm like, well, Temecula falls right in there. Right. And Temecula is an up-and-growing city. Mm. A lot of my customers come from there. So it was almost a no-brainer. Mm. I mean, there really wasn't another place to go that was like, this is centrally located right off the 15 freeway by the 215. So it's in a good spot. Everybody can get to it fairly easily. And it's growing, and there's a lot of archers here. So yeah. anywhere else, it didn't even make sense at all. So mm. the biggest thing was just being able to pick up Matthew. So... That's what made me start looking where I had to go to do it. And this popped up is like, yeah, there's no, nothing else to even think about. Right. Because I'm far enough away from everybody now that, you know, it's not going to be an issue. Yeah. And, but close enough, everybody can come. Yeah. I mean, so, you're without a doubt, dude. You're well, having I don't know if you remember, by the way, this is Travis since Brandon didn't Sorry, dude. introduce Listen, me. Oh, this, this is Travis <laughs> with first, Deadhead Archery. Firstborn son of Brett, next, <laughs> next rightful owner of Willow Creek Archery, if anyone was wondering. <laughs> Just um, adopted. I didn't even say anything. <laughs> Do you remember the one of the ride homes from a Henshaw shoot? The the bug was stirring in your head about moving the shop just because you're outgrowing Escondido, and you had called a couple of bow manufacturers, asked them and say, "Hey, anywhere in Southern California, if you can open a bow shop, where would it be?" And everybody was saying Temecula Murrieta. Yeah, every single person I talked to, every vendor, just asking them, "What's your opinion if I was going to move?" Temecula came up first. Right. Yeah, so. I think it was still kind of a up in the air thing and that, that conversation I feel like it really like, you mm -hmm. know, led everything to the next level and actually get serious about about packing up and moving and, right. and find a new location. That's kind of reinforced what we thought, you know, hearing it from all the vendors, 
Because, I mean, they, they want you to make the right move, too, because they want you to stay in business, obviously. Right. So they're all like, yeah, the number one place I would go if I was doing this would be Temecula. Really? Yeah. How many uh, how many people coming into your Escondido shop would be like, hey, like new customers, like, you got Matthews? Right. Uh, all the time. All the time. Yeah, every week. Mm-hmm. And then what, what killed me is I lost a lot of sales because I didn't have Matthews. I'd lose a sale on a Hoyt. And the reason for that is they'd come in. Oh, yeah, you got Hoyt's, okay, and shoot that RX-5 or whatever it was at the time. You got a Matthews? I kind of want to compare before I spend as much money. Mm-hmm. No, you know, I don't have it. Um, and so they'd say, okay, well, I'm going to try one out. So I'd go to their shop, try out the Matthews, and go, eh, I'm going to stick with the Hoyt. Well, you don't need to go anywhere. We got it right here. Right. They'd never leave. Right. I lost the sale. I yep. had them there originally, yep. but because I didn't have anything for them to compare, they are gone. Yep. And that killed me. I just, I hated it every time. Every time they said, well, I'm going to go try the Matthews, I'm like, well, it doesn't matter which one they pick. They're not going to let them leave without a bow. So right, right. I'm screwed. I just lost that sale. You lost it. And you just knew every time they left? Mm-hmm. Ah. I had a couple come back, but out of a whole bunch. So right. I knew what was going on. It's like, you know, they had everything there. So right. they're like, wow, why would you want to go back? We can take care of everything right here. Mm-hmm. So now I have everything. What do you want to try? I right. got it. <laughs> you got it. And, you know, the thing is, is it's like uh, there, there's a huge conversation going on right now with, with like retail stores struggling compared to like Amazon, right? Yeah. Like you go like Amazon. I mean, you can get anything you want on Amazon. You really can. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's, I mean, you know, within reason, right? But a bow is like one of those finite items that you don't want to just buy offline. You want to be able to try it out. Well, you right? can. You're just going to find yourself up in an archery shop. Getting, well, right. That's what I'm saying. Or fitted. So that's what I'm saying. Like. You could order online, but it's one of those things where it's like, no, you just go to an archery shop and you try out the bows you like. Because, I mean, do you really want to dump 1800 bucks on a bow and not try it? Well, and what a lot of them do, they don't even know what they're buying. And so they buy it, and then they come to my shop. I have the same bow for the same price. Mm-hmm. And I say, well, now I'm going to charge you to set it up mm-hmm. because you didn't buy it here. If you'd yep. have bought it here, I'd do everything for free. Right. I'd walk you through and even cite you in and, and help you out everything. But since you didn't buy it here... I'm going to charge you for every all my service that I'm going to do. Correct. And they're like, oh, man, I didn't even think about that, you know, just yeah. online. Like, well, you know, we have service here. You don't get that online. No, you, know? you don't. If something needs to be adjusted, and all the time they come in, you know, they try and set up themselves, and the site's bolted on the inside of the riser, and mm-hmm. quiver's upside down, something whoa, like whoa, that. Whoa, so whoa. we're like, yeah, let me fix that for you. <laughs> that's why I run but, my site. <laughs> yeah, well, yeah, I always do it that way. <laughs> <laughs> well, I mean, that that's just part of it. Like I said, it goes back to, like, if you're going to buy a bow, you shouldn't buy online because you should actually go to an actual archery shop. So, A, it gets set up properly. But other than that, you actually get to try multiple bows. And the fact that you're up here, now you have pretty much all the major brands. Yeah. It's going to allow you to not only not lose sales, but gain more sales. Yeah, no, it's going to be it's gonna be pretty awesome, I think. Yeah. It's going to just explode. It's an exciting time for you. Yeah, can't wait. And yeah. Although uh, this has been, like I said, so busy, not knowing when this thing was going to finally close that I put in for a couple little tags, but ended up with just the local AO, A31. Mm-hmm. And because I thought, well, I've spent a whole bunch of money, a shitload of money. <laughs> yeah. So I thought I better not plan anything too big, you know, for this year and kind of get back on my feet again because of what I've been through. Right. Because normally we do a big hunt. Like last year, we went to Alaska for a moose. That was a lot of fun. But this was year, it? we're just going to... Was it a lot of fun? <laughs> I'm sure it was a great experience. <laughs> I saw a big bull. You yeah. saw a big bull. <laughs> so, like, real quick, let's talk about tags in. I mean, we talked about your shop. We talked about how you moved. You know, we kind of gave a little rundown of who you are, right? We already know who Travis is. Yeah. You know, a little De- deadhead. Deadhead archery. archery. <laughs> Go ahead and subscribe. Shout out, subscribe, <laughs> ring the bell. <laughs> Here is just a worker. 
<laughs> but um, you know, as far as tags go, you're pretty much not going to do anything out out of state this year, right? No, I apply for some basic stuff like Utah deer mm-hmm. and. Um, what else did we put in for? I put in for everything for California because I max points. I had a good chance at elk. That didn't happen. Elk, I dropped everything to do for California elk, mm-hmm. but that didn't happen. So Arizona, I just put in for points for elk and deer just because I figure I'm too busy right. trying to recover everything, you know, that's going on. So following your elk, do something, you know, yeah. do something big again. But right. we try and always go somewhere and, you know, do something fun. Right. A big serious hunt. Yeah. At least yeah. once a year. Yeah. Yeah. Well, we do the real big hunts about every three to five years because we got to save up for it. Well, yeah. It's uh, not but cheap. everything else we try and do, right? You know, about every year something good. But this year we'll probably spend a lot of time chasing bears around. That's what. That's what I was just going to bring. Yeah. up. You guys are talking about chasing bears. Yeah, we love hunting bears. Yeah. Yeah. Well, and you guys aren't even that far. You just mess around in the local mountains too. Yeah, Santa Bernardino, not that far from us, and it's loaded. So yeah. Had a few good spots up there. We had a really good spot till it burned down last year because mm-hmm. that gender reveal fire that, that oh, guy really? did. Yeah, burned our whole ranch down. Oh man! So that sucked. <laughs> well, no, there was so the first fire that was up there, it burned around our area. Yeah, and didn't touch it. And then like we were like, all right, cool, we're in the clear now. You know, it's I think it was right in the middle of bear season too. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And then two weeks later, I'm I, I'm coming up the. The 15 or 215 freeway, and I see a big old mushroom cloud. Oh, man. In that, I'm like, oh, shit. That's exactly – I know where that's at, you know, and I yeah. get on my phone and look and see where it's at. Sure it's, it, it burned that strip that didn't get touched. Oh, really? Yeah. yeah, the fire literally made it the, – the previous fire made like a U-shape mm-hmm. around the area. It was weird. It, like, completely protected it. Right. And then that <clears throat> that secondary fire, like the El Dorado fire, I think they called it, burned right up that canyon and just torched everything. Yeah. Yeah, right, even beginning of bear season. I mean, we went we went up there after and to go to go see what was left, and our tree stands looked like a just a pool of melted aluminum. Really, at the bottom of the tree? Yeah, yeah. we had just, puddles of aluminum. Yeah, yeah. we had pictures it, of it. Right. It 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 looks like a like a moonscape up there. You right. Know, I mean, is everything was just gone? How how creepy was that walking out to you guys' tree stands? It, well, it, it, it looks so different. Yeah. I mean, it, it wasn't recognizable. Yeah. Because there was just nothing. Nothing. It, and the worst part about it is we had trail cams up and we had pictures of, what, seven or eight different bears. And oh, out nice. of all those, probably five of them were giant. Really? Oh, yeah. yeah. Oh, man. And a few deer. He got a nice buck up there the year before and we saw a few nice ones that were growing coming right. up. But yeah, it all it's all just sticks now. It's just all charred. <laughs> yeah. Dang. No brush. So just, you, guys, you guys just beating canyons now or? Yeah, yeah, there's a couple spots. A couple spots I want to go check out. I'm going to go backpack in some oh, yeah. areas for you know just like a weekend mm-hmm. weekend trip. Go scout. Go check it out. Find see if I can find some water. Right. That's the thing with local. You get if you find the water, you're pretty much golden as long as no one else found it. Right. As long as no one else is on. Get it. off the trail and go hike. Yes, right. Walk know. far enough, usually you can get to a good spot. If uh, if I was to ask you guys, because I'm not a big bear hunter, but if I was to ask you guys, like for the listeners, what would be like your main thing other than water? What would you look for hunting bears? Thick canyons, thick yeah, canyons, and good good food. I mean, they love their berries. Uh, you know, like in August when the berries are ripe, it's really easy to get them. Then when the berries go away, get into the oaks where the acorns are, mm-hmm. and you, it's so easy once they start really gorging themselves like that. You know, like August, September, October. Right. That's uh, makes it a little easier to find them that way. But right. water's kind of key, and it seems like you find them a lot in the canyons. So we like to find a deep canyon because they're usually cooler down there. And they're more protected. You know, they kind of stay out of the way. You know, the berry patches on the side of the hills and the water down below. So that's kind of what we look for. Right. Just 
general thickness. Yeah. I just look for bears. And <laughs> you just find bears. When you find one, then you know where they're you at. Guys, do you guys try to glass them up at all? Yeah, a little bit. I mean, it's so thick, but a lot of times when we just go on a scouting trip, you'll tell if there's bears there. You'll see bear shit. You'll see bear right. tracks. I mean, right. it's kind of obvious. Just like if you, there's deer, you know, you're going to mm-hmm. usually find all that sign because we're going to look in the kind of areas that we think they're going to hang out. So if we walk through there and don't see nothing, okay, let's forget that cane. Let's go to the next one. Right. And go down there. Oh, yeah, sure, there's tracks everywhere down here. Or your bushes are all tore up, you know, eaten up. And mm-hmm. so kind of look for that. Dude, it, it's crazy because, um, like, you know, bears get harvested. Right, like bears do get harvested, but it's it's so crazy that the majority of the hunters in Southern California, that at least that I speak to and the guys in San Diego County, like no one's really pushing for bears. <laughs> it's never really a conversation, you know. And I don't know if that's just because, you know, the LA mountains or whatever this mountain range is, big bear, all of that up there, like is just too far for them to go, or if it's like just a difficult thing to do. Yeah, right. I don't know. Most of the San Diego guys, I mean, like you said, there's no bears down south. Right. You got to kind of come up to about San Bernardino, then it starts. Well, you can't hunt them so south, south of the of San Bernardino. Yeah. yeah, but I mean, we kind of got into the bears chasing around because we were seeing more bear than deer. Right. <laughs> and so we were kind of opposite everybody else, where we got looking for bears. Oh, there's a buck. Oh, shoot it! Instead of like, oh, we're out deer hunting, saw a bear. Right. Because just has you know, Southern California is not the hot spot to go deer hunting. I mean, right. there's deer here and there, and some guys do really well. Uh, and I used to do okay when I used to hunt out in L.A. County, but haven't had much time, and some of the places got closed down. So now I just kind of – it's fun chasing the bears around because right. something I can do on a weekend, it's good run time. up Saturday and go check one out. Dude, like, so you've been hunting a while. What is your perception? Like, what is your thoughts on the predator? I always ask people this. Like, what are your What are your thoughts on the predators? There's way too many. Yeah, that's general <laughs> consensus. Every time I go out hunting, I find cat kills, you know, mm-hmm. deer covered up and bears everywhere, coyotes all over the place. Mm-hmm. It's like, geez, you, know, you got to take some control here. Yeah. So we do. We we shoot the coyotes all the time. I love calling coyotes. It's a lot yeah. of fun. It is fun. I've been getting yeah. into it hard. I wish I could shoot them out in line. I can't tell you how many times I've had them at point blank range. Had one walk up on me when I was deer hunting. It's just getting light, sitting up against the bush, bow laying next to me. My feet were stretched out. I was leaning against the bush. I hear some panning. At first, I thought it was a coyote. And I thought, no, it's too big. It must be a bear. And it comes around the corner. It's like 12 feet away. It's a, it's a lion. So I kind of sit up, and it crouches. And so I grab my bow and hold it in front of me. I thought it was going to jump. And it's just sitting there. It won't move. And I'm like, it is way too close. You know, it's like one pounce. It's on yeah. me. So I'm holding the bow in front of me. I put an arrow on in case maybe he'll impale himself yeah, if he yeah. jumps. And I'm looking at him, so I pull back, and I was, I was going to shoot him because it was just too close. But it was just light enough or dark enough, right in between. I could see the outer ring of my sight, but I couldn't see the pin tips. Oh. And the last thing I wanted to do was hit him, like, on the side of the shoulder instead of center of the chest. Yeah, yeah. Because be, he's right on top of me. So I'm sitting here holding it. I let down. I'm holding the arrow towards him, and I'm like, get her, get her. <laughs> And he's just looking at me. So I kind of rocked up to my knees, and he stood up. And I'm like, okay, he's not crouched anymore. I'm like, get out of here. And I didn't want to say it too loud because I wanted to hunt. <laughs> and so he finally turns around and walks away. So I kind of follow him, and he bails in the canyon behind him. I'm like, okay, I want to hunt behind me. So I turn around. Now it's light. I turn around. I end up shooting a nice three-by-three three about 20 minutes later. Oh, wow. <laughs> right behind where I'd been sitting. That's kind of knew there was some good deer in there. Right. So luckily, you know, he didn't ruin it for me. But uh, there's been a few times I've jumped him out of beds, even pig hunting. And right. they step around the tree and look, just look at you. They don't even care if taking pictures like 15 feet away mm-hmm. and then just walk away. They don't even leave. Yeah. I mean, they it, have no fear whatsoever. It, it's, that's the, uh, that's the crazy part about it. Yeah. There's like, too many lions. The lion problem 
is a real deal. And um, I think there's something to, um, like, houndsmen and even, like, just pursuit. Like, yeah. not, not killing them, but just pursuit. Like, if you – if the cat could associate – yeah. dogs with human and fear and yeah. fear then they go oh well where are the dogs that's a human like i've been treed three fucking times <laughs> you know what i mean like i think pursuit is a real thing that should be explored i mean i know it's like harassment a game but they they really need to start looking at that you know if that's not going to be an option to i mean you'd have to get two-thirds of california to vote it out you know yeah i, mean? I don't know if that would help much though i mean yeah it helped that day but the animal's still in that area, and he's still doing damage because there's so many of them. Uh, maybe it's just a good peace of mind. Yeah, you know, maybe. that'd be like, oh, they pursue these cats around yeah. here. Yeah, I don't know. I got man. customers coming in with trail cam pictures oh, showing yeah. three to five cats at a water hole mm-hmm. at the same time. Yeah, I mean, that's just like God. There's just way too many. And that so that's the problem. Like that right there is the problem. I think you know, years ago, I've kind of or when I first started the podcast, I kind of went on a rant on this. But like, I think that's the problem because when you got multiple cats that are like sub-adult, you know, offspring and a mom. Like, you're talking, you got, you know, 80-pound kittens yeah, and the mom, and there's three of them. That's a scary That's a scary proposition to be involved in if it's just you. Yeah. You know, because now it's not like, and I don't know, I don't think they act like fucking lines of the savannah. You know what I mean? Like, <laughs> well, I don't know. One of my customers, Tyler, he shot one last year in San Diego County because he had three come at him and, they wouldn't leave. They just came right at him. He shot one. They shot another one and went and got the game warden. It was all legitimate. Everything was good. Oh my Scared God. the crap out of him. I mean, yeah. it was point blank range. But it was like exactly what you just said. It was a mom and two kittens, but full grown kittens. Yeah. They're not They're not cute kittens. They're, if they're full grown <laughs> kittens, they're getting ready to get kicked loose. I mean, yeah. they've already known. You figure they eat a deer a week. That's a lot of deer they're eating. Ew, so that, that happened last year? Yeah. And that's like, I never even, never even heard about that. Yeah, they wouldn't even let him take pictures. I'd have take pictures and not told anybody. But he, uh, they said he wouldn't let him take pictures of anything. He went and showed them. They found the one he shot died right there in front of him, and then they found the blood trail of the other one. But they never did find it. But they figured it died because of the blood. But they didn't look a whole lot. And oh man! So everything was legitimate. Like I said, he he called the game warden as soon as he did it. He was scared shitless when it happened. Probably was like wanting someone to be in that canyon with him or yeah. whatever he was at. You know? <laughs> yeah, I had to go back, take the guy back, and show him everything. But I'd be like, "You walk first, dude." Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you know, you go first, <laughs> dude. That's a uh, that's scary. Yeah, I've never had any problems besides that one that walked up and wouldn't leave. But I don't know. I mean, I'm out there all the time. I don't worry about it. You really can't. If uh, you worry about it, it's going to keep you out. No, I've had guys that wouldn't even go. To, I'd let them use my tree stand. No, I ain't walking in the dark. I said, well, you can't go to it then because you can't walk in the light because they're going to be there. Yeah. No, nope, there's mountain lions. I'm not walking to your tree stand. Really? <laughs> yeah. Yeah, it's one of those things where you just kind of got to do it. You're yeah. never going to be 100% comfortable with it, but you just got to I've walked right by bears on trails before. It's really? a little hairy. Have them walk by five, six feet away. You hear them coming. It's still dark. Get behind the tree, and they walk on the other side of the tree and walk right by. Really? Yeah. They didn't even know you were there. They didn't wind you? No, the wind was perfect. Yeah. And, uh, yeah, that it was a little scary, you know, because it was too dark to do anything. You could see them. But you, you didn't hit them with your headlamp? No, I just got real quiet and stood next to the tree and let him walk on by. And that's when he a, went by, then I kept going to my tree stand. See, that's a that's a scary deal, man. I had a couple, I had a couple squirrels do that to me. A couple squirrels? <laughs> How they rattled yeah. your cage? Yeah. Dang. Well, he's had he had a bear climb his tree in Canada and pulling on his jacket. Yeah. Won his jacket from him. Really? <laughs> yeah. It was, a, it was a, a cub from the year prior, so it was ready to get kicked out. <laughs> there was uh there was three of them and <clears throat> the sow was down we were we were in Canada so we we're hunting on bait 
and uh, the sow was over at the uh, at the bait pile. And the whole time I was trying to keep track of the, the cubs because there's three of them. So mm-hmm. every couple minutes, I go, all right, one, two, three. Okay, you know, we're good. And uh, it, it got to one of those times when I counted. And I'm like, okay, one, two. Oh, shit, where's the other one at? Don't see nothing. You know, I'm, I'm looking all over the place. I don't see nothing. And all of a sudden, the the tree that I'm in, I hear I hear the, the claws digging into the bark. Right. And and it's getting louder and louder. And all of a sudden, now my tree stand's wiggling back and forth. I'm like, oh, shit, he's coming on my tree. <laughs> and the way that they do their tree stands, they, they bridge between three different trees in a triangular shape. You know, they, they two by four together, and then right. they platform. They'll make a two by four ladder and put a chair up there. So I'm sitting on my chair and I got my jacket laying on the back of my chair and the sleeve is is down below like my feet behind the platform. Mm-hmm. And uh I'm I'm look I can I can kind of see him down below me and and I lose sight of him cuz now he's like directly behind me and all of a sudden I hear a, you know oh, sniffing <laughs> and and I kind of peer over a little bit more and and his nose is right by my heel sniffing my jacket a little, little cute thing and, no, it wasn't that cute. <laughs> and and the whole time i'm not worried about him i'm i'm just i don't want to scare him i yeah. don't want him to freak out and start crying right and then have the mom look up and see me right next to that thing mm-hmm. and think i'm the one you know i'm i'm hurting it making it cry right, right and all of a sudden you know i got bears coming up my tree so i just kind of let him do his thing and and he sniffed for a little bit and stared at me and and scooted on down, and he walked away. He kind of gave me the the glare as he was walking away, <laughs> really? looking back up at me, and and that was it. But man, it was it was kind of hairy for a second. Yeah, I bet. Do they talk? I was I, I was I was seventeen, you know, by myself oh, yeah. in the trees, right, those, out, right out of high school. Those are like uh, those types of hunts are like they drop you off and they say don't get out of the tree, right? Yeah. Until we pick you up, type yeah. deal. Yeah. So they come in dark and pick you up. It was funny because we both did the same thing. We both shot a bear, and the bear went like. I think mine went about three, four yards and died. His did the same thing. So the guy come up to me and stand there. Well, how'd it go? Oh, I got one. Oh, where is it? I go, you're standing right next to it. And he looks down about shit his pants. Oh, whoa. <laughs> Big old giant bear laying there. He's standing like two feet from yeah, it yeah. in the dark. Damn, but, dude. Yeah, yeah he, he came to pick me up. I think it was the, the first day. Yeah. And uh, it was actually... Not the biggest bear I saw that day because the biggest bear I saw I couldn't even shoot. I had I had the shake so bad. That thing had came in. It was the first bear of the trip that I had seen. And he he walked in. It was like 10, 15 yards. I stood up. I had an arrow knocked. And I was just, I couldn't control the shakes. It was just yeah. so bad. And I, I was I was waiting for them to subside or to go away so I could pull back. And for like two, three, four minutes, it was just, you know, I could not yeah. control myself. Yeah, it was yeah. just shaking so bad. And I'm just, I'm like, I'm pissed at myself, you know, because I'm like, look, I'm like, God, stop shaking, right, you know? right. but I'm just like, you know, it's, it's mm-hmm. twitchy. And, uh, so the, the thing ended up feeding and it, he fed for probably 25 minutes and then he finally walked away and I'm like, son of a bitch. And, uh, about 30 minutes later, here come two like year prior bears, mm-hmm. you know, they're about 120 pounds. They came in, I go, all right, I'm going to, I'm going to stand up. I'm going to do the, the motions on these things and kind of get it out of my system. So they walk in, they get to about 15 yards, I stand up, I pull back, hold the pin right behind the shoulder, let down, I sit back down, I go, okay, I'm good now, you know, and, and <laughs> about 10 minutes later, those things just haul ass, one right. goes up a tree and one takes off, I'm like, oh shit, a big bear's coming in, you know, and sure enough, he, he came right underneath my tree stand, and, and as he walked past, he knew I was there, because when he walked past, he kind of tilted his head back up like this, and he looked at me. Oh, really? When he was like, you know, 10, 10 yards away from me. Oh, man. And uh, so I, he took a, a few more steps, and he was quartering away, and that's when I shot. And uh, <clears throat> the arrow almost passed all the way through. The only thing that was holding it in was, like, the knock on the opposite side. Yeah. 
And uh, he ran about 10 yards in a full sprint, did a 180 and came back and, and died in stride almost exactly where I shot him. And uh, that later, about an hour later, that, that big bear came back. I mean, it was about the same size. And you're allowed two bears there. And we were there for, what, seven days? Yeah. So that other big bear came in, and he got wind of mine. And he did a couple bluff charges and, and ran up to it. And, and he got, you know, a few feet from it. And he was sniffing it and all that stuff. And all of a sudden, he just, he just attacked him. He just started going nuts. Really? And fighting yeah, and just trying to, like, he was grabbing the leg of the bear. He was jerking it around. So I stood up and whistled. And the fucking thing stopped and stood up. And he was, like, looking <laughs> looking around, like, trying oh, to find shit. out where I was. I was like, ooh, I better be quiet. <laughs> oh, man. And so he, he kind of went down. And he was just walking in circles around it. And uh, I didn't want to shoot him because, you know, we were there for seven days and mm-hmm. I saw another tag. Well, I let, let me tell the end of it then because I took him up there for graduation present. Right. Okay. So when we got up there, I told the outfitter, I said, yeah, you know, he's 17. He's never shot a bear before. He's hunted forever, though. He's shot everything with me, pigs, coyotes, deer, everything. Right. So he goes, okay, well, I'm going to drop him off first and I'll go drop you off. And then tonight I'm going to pick him up. I'll go just before it gets dark. You know, since he's kind of young and inexperienced stuff, I'll get him first, and they'll come and get you. I go, yeah, you can get me anytime. Just, you know, take care of him. So he comes to pick me up. Travis is already in his truck because he has to take a quad way back into right. places. And he goes, I'm not worried about your son anymore. <laughs> I said, why? What happened? He goes, well, I pull up in my quad, and I see this bear right underneath the stand. And the thing's just, like, feeding and your son's just sitting there, and I'm thinking, what's wrong? Why isn't he shooting? It's a big bear. Yeah. And I sit there for like 15, 20 minutes, and he doesn't shoot. So I'm like, something's got to be wrong. So he drives up there, and the bear walks off, and he goes, you okay? And Travis is like, yeah, I'm fine. He's like, why did you shoot that bear? He goes, because I don't want to shoot two in one day. I already got one right here. It's right here. <laughs> He's like, oh, my God, get down the tree. Let's go. <laughs> it's time to go, man. He goes, wow. yeah, I'm not worried about him anymore. And, <laughs> and just because I know now. Anybody going and doing one of those hunts, if you can shoot two bears in the same day, do it. Do it. Yeah. I never had a bear after that. the rest of that trip. <laughs> oh, man. I had one that was a shooter that had, like, walked through, and I got glimpses of him at, like, 30-some right. yards away through the trees, and that was that was, like, on the fifth day. Other than that, I did not see a bear. I had I did not have a bear come in. The only right. bears I had come in were those cubs in the right. south, and that was it for the entire trip. And you sit all day. Yeah. 11, well, no. 11, no, you sit from three, four. Yeah, three or four to 11 at night. It doesn't get dark till like midnight. Oh, okay. And it's, then you don't sit the morning. No, no. So they in the morning, it's kind of a weird deal. You have to get used to. It. Everybody sleeps in, and mm-hmm. you get up and have breakfast like at ten, mm-hmm. which is hard to do when you're used to get up at five or six. <laughs> and right. uh, so we we would eat dinner like at three, and then they would take us out to our stand at four, and then you'd hunt till dark, which was about midnight, and then come back and have like soup and sandwiches and go to yeah. bed. So in the morning when they get up, they'd have breakfast, then they'd go out and like check all the sites and put more bait and shit out right, there. Right. So, you know, it's a little bit different deal. You only hunted in the evening, but it's still a long sit from four to midnight. It's like yeah. eight hours. But yeah. like that first time we went, there was three of us, Travis, Jack, and I. We saw 55 different bears in five days. Oh, man. And so I videotaped. Most of them I passed because they weren't real big, you mm-hmm. know. So you, But you'd watch them go, oh, shit, that's been an hour and a half since they were here. Right. And so the day went by fast because you right. had so much to do. There's a ton of watching. Yeah. So we went back right after that a couple of years, I think two years later, and did it again and ended up with a big windstorm and hardly any bears. And so you never know. Like you said, Crap, you, you see two big ones, shoot two. Shoot, <laughs> shoot them right away when yeah. you get an yeah. opportunity. But it's fun. Well, listen, man, I've uh, I've kind of heard, well, we kind of, I don't know if we touched on it on the last podcast. I mean, you did, Travis, the moose story. No, we didn't. No, we I didn't, think we, we left that out. Yeah. We left it out. I want to hear about this, man. 
Yeah, so we we booked a really good hunt from hell, huh? Yeah, I want to hear about it. (laughs) We booked a hunt for with Willow Air up in Alaska. It's a really remote. Took three planes to get there. Oh, dude! And so you know, fly to Anchorage and fly to McGrath, then fly from McGrath into the bush. So it sounded really good. And he said, yeah, you guys get there. He goes, you're in a really good spot. Don't even take the boat the first two days. Just go behind camp. There's a few ponds back there. And they said, don't ever go downriver in case your boat breaks down. Because they leave you a little fold-up boat back in the trees. They just drop off a little motor and some right. grass. So we fly in. I saw a couple bulls flying in. I said, oh, this might be pretty good. And we took our fishing poles and stuff. And <laughs> we get back in there. And our other buddies, uh, Frank and John, uh, their brothers, they they'd been there two years before and did – just knocked out of the park. So they went back to their same spot. So we go there and we look all over the place and we cannot find a moose to save our life. There's grouse everywhere. We're shooting grouse every day. Yeah. Uh, then we, what we do notice and think that might be the problem is the wolves are howling like crazy. There's always mm. wolves around. So I think we spent three or four days, or first two days just walking around. No, and it wasn't even any fresh sign. There's no, no, there was no sign. Yeah. There was zero, there was zero shit piles. There was zero rubs. Even right. the trails were like non-existent. It was really weird. And the the howling, I howled at a wolf one time. We were at this little meadow we'd called and the wolves were howling. So I started howling back. I brought him in about a hundred yards. Just couldn't get him to clear the trees, but we had our bows. So it wouldn't have mattered anyway. But right. finally we're like, oh, let's get out of here. I'm, you know, these wolves aren't coming in. There's no moose, obviously, because, you know, the wolves are here. Let's right. go find our spots. So we found a creek system that went back for miles to upriver. So we went and did that for a while. Did that for like five days. Couldn't f- call in a moose to save our life. The wind out there. If you and I were facing each other and we both hit our little puff bottle, yours would come to me and mine would go to yours. Just wild. And you're like, how are we going to win like this, you know? So we did that for, like, now it's been... Hold on. It took us five days before we... Five or six days before we even saw a moose. Oh, really? Yeah. That's what I was getting to. That was the sixth day. That was your birthday. It was my my birthday. It was the, the first time we actually saw a moose. It was... It, come to find out, it happened to be illegal bull moose. About a 60 inch bull. On the side of the river. Right. Um, but the, the, it was either that afternoon or that, that day or the day prior is when I called, I called the, the outfitter on the sat phone because we weren't seeing anything. I mean, it was right. dead. We weren't hearing nothing. We weren't calling nothing in. There's right. no sign anywhere, you know, and these guys were saying that, yeah, you don't even need to take the boat out. You know, we're going miles yeah, You're in one of the best now. spots there is. Right. Yeah, that's what they said. You know, that's probably what they say to everybody. That's probably what they say to everybody. And yeah. uh, so I, I get on the sat phone, and I, I call the, the lady, the, the wife of the outfitter, and I'm trying. It, it's kind of staticky, but I'm trying to, I can hear what she's saying. She can hear what I'm saying, and I'm trying to ask her, like, hey, you know, if, if there's wolves in the area, is it still a go for the moose or should we try to go somewhere, you know, completely opposite of where we're hearing and seeing the wolves? You know, what should we do? And, and, uh, she, she blew me off. She didn't want to talk to me about it. She said, well, we're dealing with other hunters right now. You know, we're taking, taking care of getting all the meat out from all these other guys. Well, well, good for them. They got moose. You yeah. Know, we're, we're still trying to see something. We haven't even seen a moose yet. Like, yeah, give yeah. me something here, lady. We're spending a lot of money with you. At least just give me a, a pointer as to what, you know, what happens when the wolves come in. You know, did the moose just shut down? Do they completely move out of the area? Right. I got nothing from them. So yeah. did, we did saw that no bull help. there, and we zoom into the bank, and he didn't care about the motor. The bank was probably 15 yards above the water, and he was up there thrashing a bush. And when we hit the bank, he was still fine, but I think he heard our foot scraping on the boat because he stopped and was kind of looking around. He wasn't scared. He's like 50 yards away, so we work our way up the bank, and we can see just his, like, face and horns. Right. It's so thick, and he just turns and walks away. So we hustle over there, and all you can see is his body going through the trees. There's no shot. He's not stopping. We're trying to call. He's just walking away. 
So that was an evening on day six. So we decided, well, let's go back in the morning. They never said, they said, yeah, don't even worry about that side of the river. Right. Well, that's where the bull was. We'll kind of find out he was just passing through. So we went there the next day and we hunted all over the place. No sign still. No, didn't see any moose. Nothing. nothing two going more on. days. Yeah. Nothing in the next two Saw days. Saw a wolf going up the river. I was driving the boat. So I'm looking forward. He's looking at me and I go, oh, shit, there's a wolf right there on the water. And a big, gigantic animal. It's pretty cool to see. It runs off and we go look some more. And, it's nothing. So it's, uh, I think, day seven afternoon. We said, you know what? We're going down river. Screw it. You know, there's, uh, we got to try something. We're not seeing anything. We went miles and miles up river, up that creek system. And we're not seeing any sign. So we get in a boat. We start going down river. We stop and call one place. Nothing. We go down a little far. Come to find out we're about three miles south of, or below camp. And all of a sudden we look at the bank because the water had been going down every day. It is littered with moose tracks. Right. And all the willows are just eaten and beat up. And we're like, yeah. holy shit, that's where all the moose are. So we beach it, and it's real thick right there. And as soon as we start trying to go through, we hear, whoa, whoa. Oh, dude. Whoa. Like, well, there's a bull right there, but we can't see him. He hears us walking through the bushes. Right. So we're trying to get, it takes us forever to get through all this stuff. And by the time we get to where it's kind of clear, he's not talking anymore. And we're like, well, that was pretty cool, though. So let's keep going. We keep walking, keep walking. And we, uh, we get to a spot, and I'm like, well, let's call here. So we start calling, taking turns, and <laughs> it's kind of funny. We're sitting on this, like, little dike kind of thing. It's like a little bit of a meadow on both sides. Trees are right. kind of sparse so we can see. So Travis goes down, and he's raking a tree, just, <laughs> yeah. I hear something. I hear them, whoa. And I look over, and here comes a bull. And he's walking right below me. Travis is looking off the other direction. Right. The bull comes up over the berm and stops 10 yards from me. But he's like a 36-inch bull. Mm. And I'm like, well, at least we saw some. And yeah. then Travis turns around like, oh, shit. He's like right there. <laughs> so he turns around and walks away because he doesn't see nothing. He stood there for 20 minutes looking around, finally leaves. So Travis and I, we try calling some more. And then about an hour and a half, two hours later, he comes back because we're calling again. Right. And he about runs us over. We're, Travis and I are talking. And he goes, don't move. He's right behind you. Oh, he's on the – I go, shit, we're on his trail. Like if he could, this might not be good if he walks right into us, but yeah. he just about ten yards before us, he turned and walked off and did, went a different direction. No it wasn't even ten; it was probably six yards. Not, didn't so even he bother. Was, he was close. Yeah. Yeah. So Shouldn't and have of course him. he gave us a perfect broadside shot. You know, looking the other way. Yeah, the ten yards. Open. Yeah, wide yeah. open. So we got. Let's come back here tomorrow. Okay. So and there's a cold. We knew there's a cold spell coming because we checked the end reach. We knew it was. Temperatures dropping. There was a rainstorm coming in. Right. And so. Well, it snowed on us going back that night. No. It, well, no, it rained on us going back. It and started then, to snow. And then, yeah, by the time we got back to camp, which, mind you, it took us over an hour to get back the because two, two going, and a half miles because we're going upriver. The yeah. motor's going just fast enough to go faster than It's like three than the horsepower motors. Oh, oh, man. <laughs> we'll, we're full throttle trying to get back upriver. I mean, it takes us 15 minutes to get down. We yeah. fill up and, our gas tank to go back that three miles. Really? Yeah. Because yeah. oh, it's dude. just a little gallon thing. So next morning we get up, there's snow everywhere, and it's colder than shit. We're like, okay, this is great. Let's go down. So now we know because when we came out, we came out a different spot. Okay, where can we bring the boat to get into this place easier? Mm-hmm. So we come down, go around the point, park the boat. We start walking in, and uh, okay, let's call right here. No, so, it was no, no, no. We didn't even call. We walked in to just past the point where we started getting into the meadows, and we had stopped. And we were, I heard we the were, cow call. We were just talking to each other. No, that was the day before. We were just talking to each other and real quietly. And all of a sudden, I hear I hear raking, like right. you know, half a mile in front. You know, right. oh shit! There's there's a bull raking out there. I'm like, you hear that? And he can't hear. You know, I'm deaf. <laughs> and so the, he's going off. I'm like, oh yeah, there's a there's a bull raking. You know, in front of us over there. And then um, all of a sudden, I hear another bull raking off right. to our right. And I'm like, oh, there's another one over there. 
And just as that happened, there was them, one yeah. behind a certain oh, rake. Dude. And I'm like, oh, we're like in the middle of them right now. Because I think what had happened, we did so much. So the day before when we called that, that small bowl in three times, we were cow calling because I heard a cow going oh, off. Oh, okay. So we started cow calling. And I think that cow calling that we did a whole bunch the afternoon prior pulled all these bulls into that right, point. So right. now we're like in the middle of them all. Mm-hmm. So we hear all them, all the bulls raking. like, oh, shit, let's set up, you know, and, and get ready. And but we didn't set up right on that one. We learned a lot. So we were too open. So about a 55-inch bull comes in to 50 yards, but he stops in all the willows that are kind of covering his chest. And he's looking around because it's so open, like, you yeah, know, where's the cow at? You know, I don't see it. And well, I had turn- raked in the middle of a, of a meadow, too. That's why. So he knew right where I was raking. I'd rake, and then I'd run back and right. get out of the meadow. You know, he got to the edge of the meadow on the other side. And he would, he would just st- Yeah, he just stop there and just looking around and see nothing. Yeah, so, okay, this isn't going to work. We need to get someplace thicker. We need to get back to where we called yesterday because that was the perfect setup. Our shot was going to be 20 to 30 yards. Right. Everything would be perfect. So we start walking, walking through the snow. It's crunch, 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 crunch. All of a sudden, we both hear at the same time. <laughs> he goes, yeah, it's raking right in front of us. And whoa, whoa. And it's walking around. I go, I see the horns. And it's going around. And so we're next to a tree out in the open. So we just get right next to the tree. He drops his knees, turns on the video camera. I knock an arrow, and I'm waiting. And he comes up, and he's at 35 yards. And all I can see, because he's coming up this little rise, I see his nose and horns. So I have no shot. So I'm waiting. Well, when he turns, I'll have a perfect shot. Right. So he finally gets up and turns. I pull back. My my bow was frozen solid. There was ice and snow stuck in my cams oh, and all really? over my strings and everything. I pull back. It goes, crap, crap, pop, pop, pop crap. Crack, pop. <laughs> and he looks at it like, what the hell's that? And he runs off. I'm like, oh my God, what just happened? You didn't even realize I've it. never in my life had that happen. So yeah. I pull back a few times and it's all quiet now. I'm like, shit, well, let's just get to the place. We know there's bulls all over in here. Right. So we finally get to our spot. We sit down, we start calling and calling and calling. Nothing's happening. And it's getting later. It's like one in the afternoon. So Travis gets up, walks over to me. So we're standing up talking. And about that time, I hear, whoa, whoa. And I look over his shoulder, like, oh, my God, that's a huge one. He's coming right to our spot. So we didn't realize how blended in we were because we had a big old fir tree behind us. So he comes in to, like, 20 yards. But it's so thick, we're just frozen. Yeah. And we're filming the whole time. So the thing comes in. I think he's going to step out. I pull back. I end up holding for seven and a half minutes at full draw. It's on video. I got proof that I did this. Oh, wow. Never want to do it again. I mean, I was hurting, you know, holding that. So, finally, he moves in between these two saplings, and I'm like, oh, I can get an arrow in there. It's like three-inch opening. Mm-hmm. I pull back, whack, I hit the sapling. Oh, dude. And I'm like, shit. He runs off, and he stops at 45 yards. And it looks like he's wide open broadside. Right. And Travis goes, he's 45. And I go, yeah, I know. I ranged it earlier. And his head's kind of little behind a little bush. Big old body's there. I'm like, fine, I'm going to get my big bull. So, I pull back, put the pin on there, pull the trigger. I don't see no arrow. His arrow's not even in the frame in the camera. And I hear... I hear it in the trees above, and I go, what the hell happened? He goes, you hit a limb. I go, where? There had to have been some little Something. tiny twig because the arrow went like this, straight up. Really? And the bull walked off, and I'm like, oh, my God. I mean, I was ready to throw up. Yeah. I've been trying to get a big bull my whole life. This is my fourth trip. I've gotten one small bull. And this was, we scaled it because he had videotaped the whole thing. We scaled it on the TV and figured he was close to 70 inches. Right. He was a monster. Oh, damn. And he was gone. So I'm, I'm like sick. And Travis was trying to get me a bull to keep saying I'm really old and going to die soon, so he wanted me to get the first shot. So I told him, I said, you know what, I'm done. You gave me my chance. Let's come back here in the morning, and you shoot, because I know you'll get one, and we know there's at least three bulls in this little peninsula. He told me I'm just such a better shot than he is. Yeah. Well, that's I was going to get one. Yeah, yeah I was just is. devastated, so I'm like, whatever, let's get a bull. So we jump in the boat. 
to head back because it's getting to be dark now. So we, where we were camped at was kind of a little turn on the river, and we used to go like kind of past the turn and come in to the little beach thing. There's a slide right there. Yeah, we, we would beach it on. Right. So this time I decide just come <laughs> in straight at the angle of the of that little beach. Well, there's a little bump or the ground goes straight up like a foot and then goes flat. So we're like, because we were fighting the current, right, you know, right. and I hit that, bam, the motor pops off the boat and drops in. No, like, no, no, no. Hold on, hold on. <laughs> so so I, I'll give him credit. You can't tell that there's a, a shelf right there because right. the grass is so thick and uh-huh. overgrown. So instead of going upriver another 10 yards and then cutting it back into yeah. that slide and beaching it, he just turned 90. And what we were doing is we were giving it full throttle. And then just before we got to the dirt, you know, we'd kill it. And then we would just glide yeah. up and then get out of the boat, pull it up. Well, I'm in the front of the boat, and he turns and he he guns it <laughs> and just nails that 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 little shell edge, edge right yeah. there, and and Instant it stop. kicks the ass end of the boat up with the motor and slams it back down. And I look at him like, "What the hell are you doing?" He's like, "Well, I thought we could get up." There. I thought it go. <laughs> I go, "Obviously we can." So he's like, "Oh, he's like, all right. Well, let me let me go back over there." Well, what had happened when when that ass end came up, it lifted the motor off the transom mm-hmm. a little bit, so it was just barely sticking on there. On so. He went to go turn the motor back on, and when he went to pull the cord, that's all it took. It, it just went off the transom. It just it just lifted right off, and it bloop, right in the water. And oh. it literally yeah. was five feet away. It was knee deep where we come in, where mm-hmm. it fell right there. Was eight feet deep. You're just like good there was, yeah. There's a hole. There's yeah. there's I mean, and we're we <laughs> the thing dropped, and you know you see the gas slick start to come up, and <laughs> yeah. it bubbles, bubbles, and all of a sudden it stops. Like, Man, that thing's down there, you know. And so we we went into camp. We chopped down a willow that was about ten feet long. You know, we we. Went went down 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 at and dark then, and then no it was it was light oh, okay out. still a little bit light and uh, we could feel it you can drag that that branch on the mm-hmm. sand and then you can tell when it hits the plastic in the metal you know it makes yeah, that yeah. little ting sound yeah and we pulled the stick out and looked like, oh, shit it's like eight <laughs> feet down yeah you know what are we gonna do and so I'm like well I got a great idea <laughs> oh, I'll swim dude. down and grab it and pull it back up <laughs> I don't know what the hell else. I was just desperate I'm like I can't let our moose hunt be over now we Plus just found all the moose yeah, right right it's gonna cost me five thousand dollars for this little piece of crap motor right and we're not gonna be able to hunt so I'm like no screw this we're getting it so i go okay let's get ready i go get, i ate some some hot food and we put the heater or the stove inside the tent so it'd be warm it hot yeah so okay that's warm so we go down there, i strip down to just my underwear and i go give me a rope tie the rope around me just, just in, case in case something goes south you know <laughs> so he's got the he's hanging on the rope we tie it to a tree but he's hanging on to it well i got i got the i got the stick in one hand right touching yeah. the motor so when they so follow it down because the, the water's brackish you can't see yeah, it's uh, brown six inches deep oh so shit, I'm, I'm holding the stick on the motor that way he could go in there, find the stick, and then swim down. You know, mind you, the current's what fifteen miles an hour. It's, yeah, it's, not it's moving. Yeah. I mean, it's and you going know me, fast. I'm an Olympic athlete swimming. <laughs> oh, I can grab dude. a thirty pound motor and swim up out of the water oh. with it. I don't know what I was thinking. <laughs> so I I back into the water, thinking I'll just my toes will kind of touch and I'll slide in. Well, no, it just drops off. So I bloop, I'm up to my armpit. So I'm like, okay, screw it, I'm going. So I dive down, I swim down, I touch the motor, but the current. I can touch it with my fingertips, and then it sucks me back up. I swim back down, touch it again, come back up. Well, now I'm so cold. The water's in the 30s. I get back up <laughs> to the bank. And I'm like, I, can't, I, can't, I can't get out. you got to pull me up, pull me oh, up. My, nothing worked. My arms didn't work. My hands didn't oh, work. He was man. down for about 
two seconds. Yeah. And he'd pop right back up, oh, like dude. trying to put a, a bobber underwater. If I wasn't there to pull him out, he'd be still floating down the river. Yes, he got me out. We run up to the camp. I get inside there. I strip my clothes off and warm. Luckily, we had everything set up. Right. So. But because I ate something, I was so screwed. Man, I threw that up immediately just oh, from really? shaking so bad. Oh, wow. But we warmed up, and I go, okay. I threw on a dry shirt, and I said, we're going to get that motor. And he's like, what do you mean? I go, let's try and hook it. I go, go in the woods, get me a 10-foot stick, one of those alders, and where it branches out, cut the branches about a foot off. So I have like a fork. So he goes in the woods, gets that, comes back. I take a rope. I tie it to the, both ends of the fork. I go, we're going to try and hook this thing. We go to sweep it. He, he, we grab it. He goes, I got it. I got it. He starts pulling up. He goes, I got it. And so we both start pulling First it up try. real slow. First try. <laughs> start pulling it up. I go, I see the motor. I see the motor. So finally he gets where I can grab, grab it and throw it on the bank. I'm like, what the hell did we do that the first time? Yeah, man. <laughs> so we uh, we drained everything. and You pulled and, a spark plug. and Yeah, we did everything and put some fresh gas in there and started it. it took forever to get started. It probably took us an hour and a half working on it. Finally. Yeah. Got it worked, so I, he jumped in a boat and would go upriver because it died a couple times, yeah, and yeah. he'd float back, and then we'd get it back upriver. Oh, well, we didn't tell him the boat was actually 50 yards downriver because when the motor fell out, I just started drifting down. He had jumped yeah, out. I, right. jumped, oh, I jumped out and said, hey, toss me the rope. You know, I ran down like 40 yards down the river, and, and by that time, he had gotten to the front of the boat, right. grabbed the rope, and tossed Threw it to it me. To so we had beached it right there. And so we, we tied it off, and then once we got the motor, to, it still didn't really want to run. It would just run in idle, but it, right. once you once you put it, it in gear, it, it did not want to go. It still had water in, in there. So finally got it to where we think we could run it. So I, I carry it down. I get in the boat, and now we're beached and watered like six inches deep. So I can't even put the motor on all the way. Right. So I, I, I push myself out as far as I can go to where he's still holding on to the rope, and I get it on, and... Turn it on, get it on idle, you know, and it's running. I go, well, no time better than the present, I guess. Go ahead and toss me the rope, you know, oh. and, and I'm gonna, I, I have to push off. I can't. Right, I have right. to get in the river to, to get this motor down all the way and, right. and to run it. And so he throws me the rope, and I I push off, and I go to give a gas, and it dies instantly. <laughs> I'm like, oh shit! So I'm, I'm you know yeah. pulling the cord, pulling the cord, and finally it starts again, and I just leave it in idle, and it it's. Just going fast enough because we're kind of in an eddy that it's it's like the same. I'm not moving yeah. at all. I'm going the same speed as the current. Perfect. And uh, I'm there for about five minutes, and I'm just putting. As, I'm going as slow as it'll let me go right. and, and still make progress getting back up because I still have to get up like 40, 50 yards to get to where the beach is, you know. Mm -hmm. But I'm going to try to run this thing and get it to where it works so we can we can go hunting again. Right. So it takes me about a half hour. I, I finally put up to, to the corner of the river right there where our camp is, and I just start doing, like, giant donuts, you know, giving it more and more gas as, I, as I'm as i going until I'm, it's finally burned all the way out. And it took about a half hour. And and so I'm, all right, cool, you know, we're good. I, I turn it, beach it on the slide, you know, and, and kind of regroup and figure out the game plan. Yeah, so then I call up the outfitter. This is Monday, and I said, hey. This is uh, Brett and Travis. Um, I want to check on Wednesday. What time are we supposed to be ready for the plane to pick us up? Uh, who's this? I go, it's Brett and Travis. Brett and Travis Scott. Uh, just a minute. So you go, I'll have my paperwork here. It comes back. Oh, you guys are coming out tomorrow. I go, no, no, we're not. We're coming out Wednesday. No, I got you down for tomorrow. I said, no, this is Brett and Travis. We're supposed to come out Wednesday. No, that's how it works. That's how many days you're out. You have to be ready at 10 o'clock tomorrow morning. Oh, yeah, he shit. was adamant. He's, you know, nine days, you know, seven days in the bush, one day in, one day out. He was like, yeah, like getting pissed. And I'm like, I'm, I'm like, I was devastated. I'm like, we could have got a bull. We finally found him yet that day, you know. Right, right. And now we can't go back. So the next morning comes, and we're 
just not even talking. We're just kind of moping around. We break camp. We have everything dry bags on the riverbank. It's 10 o'clock comes, 11 o'clock, 12 o'clock. 1 o'clock I call, hey, what the hell's going on? Who are you? Who, who's this? <laughs> Who are you? Oh, and man. I said, this is Brett and Travis Scott. Oh, this man. No, you're on schedule for tomorrow. Everything's oh, good. Dude. I go, what the hell did you say? I go, you just lost us a day of hunting. I go, we found the bulls yesterday. We could have got a bull today. Oh, right. you couldn't have got them out in a day, though. I go, dude, I've done this multiple times. Right. I can get a bull out in a day. Right, right. I go, you just screwed my whole hunt. Yeah. And so, well, do you want me to send a plane? Because it wasn't scheduled for you guys. And I go, yeah, I want you to send a damn plane. I go, all of our camp's in a bag on the riverbank. I'm not setting it up for a day. Right. So they send somebody out. We get back. We land. And uh, first thing out of his mouth, oh, sorry, I thought you were different hunters. I go, that doesn't help. Then he goes, oh, and everybody's got COVID in camp, so put your mask on in this little village. I'm like, oh, great. And I go, well, now this little hotel thing we're staying in, I go, they going to have room for us? Because we're not supposed to be here till tomorrow. Oh, I don't know. Well, the girl was really cool there, so she got us a place to stay. So they weren't serving dinner or anything. We didn't realize what was going on. Kind of out of everybody had COVID. She actually split the next day because she had COVID. She right. wasn't sick, but she had it, so she had to leave. Yeah, it was just hunters in the bed and breakfast now. Like, the staff was gone. Yeah, oh, they really? said They yeah. said, hey, you guys help yourself to the anything kitchen. You want. Cook, well, no, whatever. no, that was the next day. The, that day, well, they weren't cooking dinner, and nobody was around. So, well, there's a general store attached to the other side. Let's go there. We got a package of hot dog buns, a package of hot dogs, an onion, some mustard, and two cokes. Like fifty bucks. Ninety? No, it was ninety dollars. <laughs> that was ninety bucks. Ninety bucks, and I'm because I have to fly everything into. The, there's no yeah. road system, and I'm like, man, we can't afford to eat like this. You know, I didn't bring that much money. Uh, right. So the next day, though, the girl's leaving. She goes, "Hey, help yourself. Anything you want in our kitchen, it's yours." And so we're like, okay. So we ate like kings for yeah. the next couple of days till our plane came to get us. Fuck. But yeah, it was an experience. We did shoot some beavers. We talked about that before. We shot some beavers. Beavers. I've never seen so many beavers in my life. So we shot a few of those. We ate them, which was really good. It was like real sweet venison. Pretty taste. cool. Yeah, we tanned the hides. We actually, got those back now. That's already. awesome. That was that was basically the highlight of our day every day. That was our we fun. Would, <laughs> we would hunt all all day and, and not see. Anything, and right. then you get in back in the boat and start cruising down the river. There's beavers everywhere. Like, shoot well, beaver. Let's shoot beaver. Oh. You know, get some dinner. Not boom, it was with the bow. Oh, wow. Well, I'm yeah. just saying, like, you know, like just lay them down, you know? Yeah, no, that was fun. We had a good time doing that. So we ate beaver and grouse, but not moose. I actually had one come back to life in the boat. <laughs> yeah. Oh, really? It was, was not fun at all. Yeah, the thing was like a 50 pound beaver. <laughs> oh, dude. thing was swimming away from me. It, well, it was swimming from right to left, and I was trying to get them. It seemed like the best shot would be wait to either come at you or go directly away from you. So you didn't have to try to lead them or nothing right. like that. You just put the pin right on them. So he was swimming right to left about, I don't know, 10 to 14 yards, somewhere in there. It's hard mm-hmm. to judge when you're on water. Yeah. And uh, he he turned, like, right in front of the boat and started to swim directly away from us. So I just held my 20 pin right at the base of where his head met the water. Right. Shot and... The only thing I see is my arrow skip like 40 yards down yeah, river over. against the bank. You know, I'm like, holy shit, like, what did I hit? And then he, he just tipped and just all you saw was like part of the tail sticking out of the water and then his back foot and front foot. So I tell, I tell him, like, oh shit, he's, he's dead. Like, you know, motor up because a lot of times they sink. You know, we, yeah. we shot a lot of beaver. And if, if you don't get to him fast enough, they'll sink. So he motored up over there. I, I grabbed him, <laughs> threw him in the boat. He was, he was at my feet and he took up the whole width of the boat. Right. That just goes it's to show the size beaver. of the beaver and, and the size of the boat. And um, <laughs> we're we're still like, I don't know, a half hour from camp, you know, we're putting up. I'm and, motoring off. And I'm, I'm goes, sitting there, I'm sitting there looking <laughs> I'm sitting there looking at this thing and I go, something doesn't seem right. He's well, just I think like, you had your foot on him and you go, I don't think No, he's I didn't have <laughs> my foot on him yet, but like he 
he like was kind of moving, you know, and like not like death, like nervous right. moving. It was it was like he was like trying to come to, you know. Right. And uh, he <laughs> his eye was open, and all of a sudden I see his eye move. Oh man! And I'm like, oh shit! So this thing's <laughs> so alive. I I look at him. I go, hey, uh, you might just give it a little bit more gas. You know, I wasn't that worried at that time, and uh, I was like, let's. I think he's still alive. You know, let's get back to camp. You know, beach it so I can get this thing out of the boat. Right. And uh, about another two three minutes go by, and all of a sudden he kind of like jerks, you know, like he's coming to, and and I'm like, oh shit, and, you know, and I can't I can't hit him with anything because right. I'm so close to him that there's nothing I can swing heavy enough. To, that, yeah. that would really do anything. And it's a canvas boat. <laughs> and actually, no, I took that. I think I did try to hit him with the paddle, but mm-hmm. because I was so close, I couldn't really wind up and hit because he hit was him. he was right up against the seat, the center seat. So mm-hmm. I couldn't really like hit him. Well, that woke him up, <laughs> and he he's like started like squirming and trying to get up. So I put my foot on him, and I'm like, oh shit, what do I do? You know, we're, <laughs> he's we're like, get pla- to the bank, get to the bank. We're in a plastic <laughs> boat, and I go, you need to haul ass to the to the camp. I was like, yeah. we got we got to beach this thing. He's coming back. And so I'm like, well, shit, you know, the only thing I can do is stab this thing. Yeah, you can't so, already hold him now. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, because, oh, I mean, he's wiggling, you know, because beaver, they got all that fat on him. So yeah, yeah. it's hard to, you know, I'm trying to put put pressure with my foot. He's and, and hold him. Yeah, and he's, he's like, now he's like kicking with his feet. He was just knocked out. He's fine. Yeah. yeah well, yeah, I hit him like right in the back of the skull, but because of the head, he was like kind of head down. Facing down, it just it like Ding. took a chunk of skull out and clipped the brain and and just knocked him out, you know. And yeah. so he wasn't dead. So I, I pulled out my knife on that I had on my hip. It's like a four <laughs> or five inch blade, and I was getting ready to stab him. I go, wait a minute, I want to keep the hide, you know, because you, you have yeah. to, you have to. There, you got to take it out. And I'm like, well, well that I, I don't the want an extra. Canvas, I'm like, don't put a hole in the. Yeah, I don't want. I don't want an extra uh, extra hole in this thing. I'm like, Let me go ahead and I'll just stab him, you know, between the arms, you know, because I'm going to skin him anyways. So I kind of move my foot over towards his head, and I, I just give him one good one oh. good whop, you know, and, and stabbed him. <laughs> and, man, he went nuts. I bet. And he was just, I mean, just gushing blood out, you know. And, and he was he was bleeding heavy the entire right. time it took us to get back to camp. I mean, he did not have a lot of blood in him. Yeah. But he then, was fighting like crazy. And then, yeah, and I, so now I got two feet on him because he's trying to get up. And, and we finally get back to, to, the, to the beach. He gets us on shore, and I grab this thing, and I toss him out of the boat. And he's still fucking moving. He's trying to run away. Yeah, Ray he's still doing right. death circles. He's still, he's still he like he's still wobbling that. around, you know, and like tipping and stuff like that. And so I'm like, geez, this thing just did not want to die, die man. Your your typical Alaskan animal, I guess. Yeah. So we well, what a rodeo. Yeah. yeah, hung him in the tree, skin him out, and let him sit there for a day in the cold weather. And the next day, start carving meat off and eating. It was yeah. awesome. Dude, I, it's crazy, man. That the, that Alaskan adventure. Yeah, no, it was an adventure, but. Kind of got screwed out of our hunt. I mean, I had my opportunity and blew it, but we should have had one more opportunity. One more day. You know, we paid for it. Paid a lot of money for it, mm-hmm. so kind of bummed about that. Yeah, well, you live and learn. Yeah, next time. time. So I told him, I told him let's, let's save up. We'll go one more time, mm-hmm. try to get you a bull before, yeah. before you can't hike around the woods anymore. <laughs> right. Give it a go, man. Give it another go. Well, I, I'll never give up hunting. Yeah, it's, it's part of us. Yeah. It's not your brain that stops. It's your body. Yeah. It, it's. I hate when people say that. <laughs> I do, man, because here I am, blown out. Yeah. You know, I'm like, fuck, you know. But it is what it is. But dude, that's awesome. Well, listen, man, super pumped, gracious to uh, record with you, man. You kind of like, yeah, a local I appreciate legend. you coming down, letting everybody know about the new shop. I'm really excited about this. 
our grand opening is going to be on the 23rd. We're opening it up Saturday. It's kind of like what you call a soft opening. July 2nd. Yeah. Yeah, what did I say? You just said you didn't give a date. Oh, yeah, the Saturday. soft opening. July yeah, it's this Saturday, July 2nd. We're going to open up. Uh, we still got a few things to tweak and move mm-hmm. and things like that. But July 23rd is going to be our big shindig. So we're going to have vendors here. The lanes will be closed because the vendors will all be set up in here. I right. think I got Ramrod, uh, Stabilizers, Hoyt, PSE. Uh, you had somebody... I haven't met yet. That you want uh, to come dark, in? Yeah, Dark yeah. Mountain. Yep, Christian and Sean from Dark Mountain. Yeah, they wanted to come set up, so that'd be great. And then I'm going to have Victory, a guy cooking. Victory, coming? Victory will be here. Cool. So I'll have a guy cooking food out front. There's going to be a whole bunch of door prizes. We're going to a couple bows we're going to give away. SKB gave us a case. Right. So it should be a real fun day. You know, everybody yeah. can come in and meet me that doesn't know me or see the new shop, mm-hmm. see what we got to offer. Like I said, the range will be closed. We won't be any shooting in here, but it'll just be a big party. Right. And, uh, Everybody can come check it out, buy whatever they want, and have a chance of winning some really cool prizes. Absolutely. What time are you going to open up? It'll be the same normal hours on Saturday, 10 to 5. So 10 to 5, okay. Vendors are usually here from about 10 to 3. Mm-hmm. So it's, if you've got any questions for any of that stuff, it's always kind of fun. They'll bring all their wares with them, and right. you can look at it and ask any questions you have and why and what right. and that sort of thing. So it's a fun day. Sweet, man. So it'll be a good time. So it that's is. the 23rd of July, Perfect. Saturday. I will uh, be here as well. Um for all the listeners that are listening to this podcast, make sure if you're in the area or you want to come out for the weekend or, or I'm sorry, the Saturday, come on out, man. It's a, it's a great shop. Um, it's huge. It's going to blow yeah. you away. Our, our hours are going to stay the same for now, Tuesday through Saturday. Tuesday's 10 to 7, Saturday's 10 to 5. We might modify that and open up on Mondays. We've got to kind of see what's going on. Mm-hmm. i got to see how many people i got to hire. I mean, I don't know how much busier we're going to be here. Right. So we'll kind of play everything by ear and, right. and just make it work. Well, listen, I'm, I'm pumped to have a local shop two minutes from my house. Yeah, it would be good to see you. <laughs> I, it's crazy. I, I mean, I'm t- I ain't kidding you, man. You know, when the, when Faith went out, I felt like a piece of me went away, <laughs> you know. Well, now if you come in and talk shit, you're going to have to prove it. Right I, here well, yeah, <laughs> listen, I got a steel plate that yeah. talks a lot of shit, you know what I mean? <laughs> there's uh, there's quite the uh, entertainment that goes on around that thing, and, yeah. and we can hang it here. Yeah, there you go. You know, but listen, man, like I said, I'm, I'm super pumped to uh, have you on the podcast, you and Trav, you know. Um, it's not going to be the last time I can tell you that much. Yeah, we appreciate it. It was fun. Yeah. We'll uh, we'll get you on again for sure. You know, I'm sure Travis will have you on again as well. You know, but Travis probably wants me to tell my sheep story again. He yeah. forgets enough of that. <laughs> I can I can pretend to be you and tell that story <laughs> just as much detail. Listen, you guys are all out, out of control. But listen, man, we've been going for an hour and eight minutes. Wow. If there's anything else you want to say, you got what's the what's the uh, social media platform for for Willow Creek? Well, we have Face- Archery. Yeah, we have Facebook page. We have Instagram. We have a website. So everything's okay. Willow Creek Archery. Okay. So, so Travis, they can just look up in the little search bar, Willow Creek Archery. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So make sure you follow that. You'll uh, be up to date on what's going on. Travis was telling me Brett was uh, posting daily photos of the shop and yeah, all did that a kind countdown. Of good stuff. Yeah, keep that going. You know. Yeah, two more days. Two more, man. <laughs> Long time coming. Yeah. Well, listen. I don't got anything else. You guys good? Yeah, we're good. We're good. That's it. I want to hit this button, but it's going to be the wrong watch. That's like the... That, hold on. Let me do, let me you do got this a laugh track? Yeah, I got a little laugh track. Let's do this. Hold on. Stand by. Here we go. All right, guys. Thank you. All right.